Thanks for listening in this week. This is David McLaughlin with All Around Movie Pop, and we have a special guest today. Uh, you may know him uh, under many names, but uh, we always just call him George on on our show. And and George, it's uh, it's it's great to have you uh, in the studio again today. Oh, thanks for having me, David. Yeah, so we just. Uh, with all this news of, of Star Wars and Solo yeah. being in theaters, uh, <laughs> we just kind of wanted to go back to the very beginning and uh, get some new insight from you. And uh, so for the first question today, we'd like to ask, uh, what led you to write the original Star Wars? Yeah, um, so I had just I just finished my... Uh my first real film, uh, American Graffiti. And as I was, uh, in, uh, just out of school, I, I was really interested in, um, different cultures and, uh, how those anthropologically shape. But, uh, when I really realized that's, that the Star Wars, <laughs> as it was first called, was going to become my next movie, I was looking at the idea of the hero myth and just thought about what, what did this really look like uh, a long time ago um, and what would this look like in, in um, a galaxy far far away and so I, I thought about those ideas and then I really just you know put it to paper uh, put it to pen to paper and I started thinking wow this is just like my my own life but also not at all but also like uh, these dreams that I have had for a while um and then so I thought of those dreams and I thought of my own life and I kind of combined them in in the middle uh and that's what led to the first um the first of uh the Star Wars the one you guys now call uh, uh episode four uh A New Hope I was inspired by like uh all kind of the Flash Flash Gordon serials as well um but mostly I was inspired by um these these visions that I saw. Could you, uh, George, tell us a little bit more about these visions? I don't know if this is ever, if you've ever communicated this before, in an interview setting. Oftentimes, my uh, my publicist would tell me to shy away from talking about the visions, especially when I pitched it. But uh, when I would close my eyes and stare up at the sun, um, and then blink really fast. Uh, and then I'd close my eyes again, you could see stars in the sky, even like the middle of the day. It was, it was this real, um, real interesting, uh, phenomenon. Um, when I asked my doctors about it, they seemed to have (laughs) no idea at the time. Uh, they said, don't do that. You're, you're going to go blind. But in my opinion, that was the first time that I had really seen. And I think when I opened my eyes again I saw a blinding light and I saw some words almost like text just kind of flying flying through the sky above me and that's really what inspired the uh, the opening crawl for uh, for the Star Wars George I would almost say just based on that description it has a very uh, religious sort of discovery uh, that it meant to you and so uh, could you talk a little bit more about the about the meaning of Star Wars to you? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, that's a great question. So Star Wars, um, 
the meaning of it is literally two words combined, uh, and that is star. Uh, but I don't mean like a movie star or a pop star. I mean like a star in the sky. Uh, and then wars, which I believe literally um, translates to uh, uh, fighting with uh, with bad guys. And so when you combine those two together, uh, I think the spiritual that I want to see was like, what would be like if the stars that I saw in my eyes were were fighting? Um, and so that was the original script was uh, kind of these giant um, these giant beings, these giant stars of good and evil uh, of a battling. And I wanted to tie it in back kind of to like the, the classic like Gilgamesh epic. Um, but a lot of the studios really thought that this needed some um, some human characters. Uh, so I kind of worked backwards from that. Actually, the little-known fact that the the original character for the Star Wars, besides the opening titles, is uh, is the Death Star. That was the first character concept that I had come up with. Interesting. So it was really uh, more around these large, uh, inanimate beings, as it were. These uh, is that correct? I I grew up. Um, in in Central California and a, in a farming community, and I really uh, really liked working on cars. And to me, cars were cars had character. Cars had personality. They weren't these inanimate beings. They they really brought to life their own story. And um, I I really wanted to see that represented on screen in a in a in a proper proper format. Interesting. Uh, what comes to mind is the Transformers franchise, uh, where cars literally have personalities and, and beings. Uh, can you comment on that? Yeah, I I've seen um, I've seen all eight of the Transformers movies. Uh, there's there's a few that have not been released yet uh, that I'm really fond of, but I I love I love the special effects. I love what they do with digital creations and creatures, um, but I've met a lot of cars, and none of them have those types of personalities, and I think that's my biggest disappointment with the Transformers franchise, is you have these vehicles, and you're choosing to make them into cartoons, like it's there to sell toys, and not really focus on the the heart of of these vehicles and what what their inner lives are, are are like so while i love the the technological advancement and what that means for for future filmmakers um i'm i am disappointed that the the takeaway and the the give and take of that whole process seem to be um making the cars have real real silly personalities Wow, that is uh, that, that's some unique insight there. Uh, but before we get too sidetracked, uh, you yeah. mentioned the use of uh, special effects and she, mm. CG, and I would just uh, like to go back to the original art uh, of Star Wars. Uh, the original Ralph McQuarrie concept uh, art is just beautiful. beautiful. So many of those early ideas have now made their way into Star Wars as actual ships in the animated series or recent movies. But are any of these concepts uh, 
it, were there any concepts that you could not transform into a reality? Um, there was there was one uh, that I uh, oh man, there's one idea in particular that uh, we we just called it the nightmare engine, and uh, that was one that would take uh, take all all kind of the 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 bad thoughts and the 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 scary feelings that the the people in the galaxy had and it would fuel this um this this giant ship um that would be bigger than any death star any star destroyer um and my favorite part of about the nightmare engine one um i had seen it in my my own dreams since i was a child um and i had seen I had seen some early early sketches uh, from other <laughs> visionaries, if you, if you want to call them that, throughout history, and I really wanted Ralph to try to translate that. Um, it would screech through the skies, and it would just kind of crash through planets, um, and it would make a very loud uh, screeching noise uh, that would just cause uh, all of our rebels to suffer uh, severe nosebleeds. Uh, as well as make some of their 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 fears a, a reality. So uh, it, it would then take those fears, and that's what the ship would start to to look like. Would be those exact same same fears, um, but most of the time, um, most of the time, it would just kind of fly around like a uh, like a, a a giant old old man's body. Oh, oh my like yeah like it would transform into an old man's body or it had like a makeshift head and no makeshift... that was its default mode it looked like a giant old man flying through space interesting so was there uh did that come out of the uh the use of the of, of elders of sages in the universe of of the obi-wans the sith masters the darth sidiuses um no, I, I really wanted uh, these movies to be for young people, and I thought there was nothing more terrifying for youth uh, than turning into an old white man. So I, I put that in there to, uh, to really kind of fuel my own, my own nightmare engine. <laughs> Fascinating insight once again. Um, it's been said many times um, that Star Wars is really made for kids uh, and I don't know if that is uh, just from a misconstrued uh, information or, or interviews but it's kind of evolved that that we have you saying several times that uh, Star Wars was really designed for kids uh, is, is this true and what does that mean for all the adult fans out there uh, I think that at the at the end of the day um, Star Wars is is meant for for children and is meant for kids. You can see it in the the colorful kooky characters. Um, <laughs> you can see it in uh, the staples of the series, uh, uh, R two D two, and um, and three PO. That that they're there to make kids laugh, and a lot of other times, um, you know, I want I want kids to to watch it and to the adult fans I would say um, think about what it was like when you were a, a tiny lad or lass and you're watching these movies and 
what what you thought about and um these movies these movies are for kids these movies are for for children and uh not just to sell toys as it's been accused of before um but to uh to make them laugh at the end of the day i really think um i really think star wars is a is a comedy very interesting insight indeed well now we'd like to take it in a little bit different direction um Georgia, question for you uh, is related to the original trilogy as it was released uh, in the late 70s through early 80s. Would you ever consider releasing the original trilogy uh, unedited, as in not the special edition versions you did in 1997? No, I will never, um, and I hope hope the, the company that purchased these movies never does as well. Um, those original movies, um, you know, we're, we're lucky they got made, but they, uh, they should never see the light of day again. Do they even exist? They have gone on record saying they do not even exist in original cut. One thing that, uh, they don't tell you when you're making movies is that, um, film burns really, really easily. It burns. It it burns, um, like burnt, like flames up, like flames, flames up. Um, unfortunately, we uh, <laughs> we had already submitted uh, a, a a copy of uh, of a New Hope um, to the Library of Congress. Um, so it was a process getting that one back so that we could make sure that none of the originals existed anymore but uh several uh oceans 11 style heists later uh i can neither confirm nor deny that those happened uh but those those reels no longer exist hmm okay so you're somewhat admitting that the originals have all been destroyed i am either David admitting that they have all been destroyed or they are all buried somewhere in this solar system in a Indiana Jones style caper. Huh. Well, that's a bit of news, isn't it? I'm not saying which one's true, but it might be the second one. Well, isn't that quite interesting? I'm sure one of our team will do a fantastic write-up of that. But moving on to some different directions here. Your reference to Indiana Jones, I do have a prepared question for that. Yeah. Um, A lot of modern fans claim that you, excuse my language, and I quote, raped their children with movies like the Star Wars prequels, as well as Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. How do you even respond to such vulgar comments? I'd say these these movies are for are for children and um if you think that this destroyed your childhood then i would call you a uh, big fat baby 
but unfortunately by being a baby you're not acting like a baby you're acting like a really uh, stupid head adult that's refusing to be a child at heart so um, I can't blame them for not being as imaginative as Stephen and myself but um, maybe they should just go eat a bunch of farts so it comes back to being like a real child and that direction yep, yep. we actually when writing the script um and coming up with these ideas uh steven and i actually went back uh to to a a, a sandbox to to not a not a not a full sand we went back to a literal sandbox and we wore uh the same clothes that we wore when we were uh like about five or six years old and when we played in the sandbox um we i I told steven he's one of the first people i've ever told about this and probably ever will besides your your listeners david about what it's like when you uh you you stare at the sun with your eyes closed and then blink really fast and um i told him you know i did this as a child this is how i came up with star wars he was shocked he told me what the doctors told me as well which was George you shouldn't you shouldn't look directly at the sun and I said Stephen I want you to do this with me so in the sandbox in our childhood clothes we uh we held hands and we looked at the sun and while Stephen had his eyes closed the whole time um I opened them and stared directly at it for three whole minutes and when I walked away that is when I knew exactly what uh Indiana Jones 4 would be about so two two questions. Uh, one, are you still able to see uh, physically, not not in some sort of metaphorical way? Uh, staring three minutes at the sun would have adverse uh, physical effects. Uh, I have been to my physician, and uh, they have told me that it is a a miracle. Uh, but yes, I I can still see. In fact, I believe I can see even better now. Um, I can also see things that other people can't, um, but that is, that is a fortunate side effect of, uh, of being a, a creative. The s- second follow-up question is, how did you fit into your childhood clothes? Uh, I, we, we didn't. Um, all of these clothes were uh, kind of haphazardly thrown on, um, I am very fortunate that there was no one else at the sandbox that day besides the two of us. All right. Well, I'm sure that made for an interesting day for any bystanders. But taking the direction of we've uh, talked about films and Star Wars and inspirations and becoming like a child, mm-hmm. uh, let's ask a more personal question. George, do you mind if we talk about what you've done uh, with your $4 billion since you sold Star Wars uh, to a company, which we will not name on this uh, interview. Yes. Because that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It It, it is a lot of money. Um, one of the first things that I did uh, was I, I invested um i invested a, i invested a, a whole <laughs> whole lot of that um that sweet sweet cheddar 
um, into uh, some various endeavors. Um, the next thing I did uh, was I've really started to apply um, apply some of that money for for research into um, extra dimensional uh, crossing over. Um, and uh, there's a lot that I'm just kind of saving. Uh, even with all this money, I'm, I'm trying to do the whole um, live off of a, a dollar a day. Um, so some days I some days I eat food and some days I decide to save my dollar and uh, let it let it kind of build up uh, and then uh, maybe I'll, I'll watch a movie that week and, and with with cold eating. Um, but uh, after doing that for about two weeks, I, I realized that uh, I could I could kind of just just spend money on food and, and not have to, to make it a campaign. So four billion dollars is a lot. Uh, I really thought I would be done with it, um, but I, I, <laughs> I still have so much. We will definitely need to explore some of those uh, endeavors and uh, that, that that sounds like that could be a whole, a whole other day technological uh it sounds very elon musk um but in there there's a there's just a slice of life of you're a simple man um conservatively living off your dollar you go to the movies george what was the last movie you saw in the theater The last movie I saw was uh, Jurassic uh, Jurassic World: uh, Fallen Kingdom. Do you care to comment um, if you enjoyed the film? What you thought about it? Um, I would say that uh, I one I really think it's a step backwards uh, that they used some uh, some puppet animatronics in this movie. Um, that seems like a waste of the the technology that we've been working towards um and two uh, i was really impressed with the uh a hundred percent uh computer generated uh bryce dallas howard in that movie oh 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 my i i didn't know that know what that she was a hundred percent computer generated oh i <laughs> i thought that was common knowledge no, I know they had done that with Tarkin in Rogue One, but oh my. Yeah, um, yeah, Bryce was really busy uh, working on uh, other projects at the time. Uh, and so she just lent a, uh, a quick little blood sample and uh, they were able to entirely generate her uh, her likeness. I, uh, wow, I, I really thought this would have been talked about on the promotional tour. Did uh, when you were on set for Solo, did did Ron Howard uh, hint at any of this information that that his daughter was being fully replicated? Uh, yeah, Ron, Ronnie was was really um, was really familiar with this technique as well. Um, they did that with his voice a while back when he uh, he uh, uh, they needed to do some more seasons of um, the rest of development. Uh, that is an entirely uh, computer-generated Ron Howard voice. Wow, I had heard that Hollywood did have uh, digital scans of, of select actors uh, for preservation, but I didn't know Ron Howard's voice was 
one of them. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 amazing. Uh, the the future we're living in is just today. Um, I'm I'm just that's why I'm so disappointed that we use some some puppet animatronics. So there you have it, folks. Uh, George here is disappointed with some of the quote current technology, uh, which some have hailed as. Uh, more grounded and more level and more realistic and George continues to uh, fight for the uh, all digital future of films. Oh, sorry, uh, David, I, we can talk about this another time, but I didn't mean just the all digital future of films. I meant the all digital futures of um, everything. Oh, oh my. Well, for sure. We will need to come back to that one. That, that sounds like its own series as it were. Well, folks, uh, that concludes uh, our interview for today. Uh, but, George, are there any closing comments you would like to leave the listeners? Well, uh, <laughs> to to quote uh, my favorite uh, my favorite part of uh, of Jurassic World. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll 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 leave you viewers with that. <laughs> Well, folks, this is David McClellan from All Around Movie Pop. Please make sure to check our website for the latest updates, as well as a uh, transcript of this latest interview episode with George. That'll be it, folks. Until next time, goodbye.